Update, brought to you by Simcox Advocates, advising businesses and families since 1949. Visit simcox.com or call 690-300. Manx Radio's Update with Andy Wint. First of my good evening, it's half past five. This is update for Wednesday, 1st of March, 2023 from Manx Radio, 30 minutes. So look at the latest news on the Isle of Man. Background to that news and sport and business and sea watch and travel updates and the newsmakers in person. Tonight, gas is down 16% in price as of today. Sorby Claddock meeting is tonight. The head of QE2 says the sex lesson information is false and inaccurate. Another big development on the outskirts of Ramsey and the RAF wants to strengthen ties with the Isle of Man. Man Benham for all your business and legal needs. First of all, at 29 minutes ahead of six o'clock, the update news headlines, Fast Demise, Simon Richardson. Fast Demise, a meeting's taking place this evening in a bid to keep the Sulby Claddock campsite open during the coming season. The government, which runs the facility, recently announced it would be closed this year, so a condemned toilet block is demolished and consultation carried out. The gathering's at the Sulby Glen Hotel, beginning at six o'clock. Any changes to the price of gas on the wholesale market will be passed on to customers. That's the promise from the managing director of Isle of Man Energy, as gas tariffs fall by 16% today following a review by Cura. Harbour keepers say they're monitoring the situation in Peel following a pollution spill earlier this week. The Department of Infrastructure has confirmed the problem was a small amount of diesel, which appeared red in colour due to byproducts of the fishing fleet in the town. And Crullins Hill in Douglas will be closed off tomorrow whilst Manx Utilities undertake essential sewage maintenance work. The closure's in place from 9.15am. Further afield, the parents of a teenager who died after being neglected have been sentenced to a combined 13 and a half years for gross negligence manslaughter. 16-year-old Kayleigh Titford, who had spina bifida, weighed almost 23 stone when she was found in her bed in Powys. And Matt Hancock says WhatsApp messages that suggest he ignored advice on coronavirus virus testing in care homes in England during the pandemic paint a distorted picture. The Prime Minister says the Covid inquiry is the right way to scrutinise the handling of the pandemic. And finally, people in Inverclyde are looking for those responsible for shooting a man dead on his doorstep while children were inside his house. It happened during the early hours of yesterday in Greenock. Man Benham. Contact us by phone video call, email or face-to-face. We're happy to connect with you. Manx Radio Weather with Manx Glass and Glazing. Jeremiah, thank you, Simon, from the Ronaldsway Met Office. No wind warning in operation for the North Irish Sea. State of sea is a slight, occasionally moderate. And the three-day weather tonight, dry and cloudy with a brief, uh, possibly light shower. Minimum five degrees... For Thursday, tomorrow, Jordan dry with sunny intervals, isolated showers on a light easterly and up to 8 degrees. It'll be dry after dark, lowest temperature 5 into Jehenya Friday, dry, partially cloudy and a light wind coming in from the north, highest 8 degrees. Sun sets at 5 to 6 this evening, high water 5 past 7, low water 25 past 1am, sunrise at 5 past 7 tomorrow morning and the morning high water at 4 minutes past 8. Visit the Manx Glass and Glazing website and see a range of products from windows to doors, mirrors to splashbacks. manxglass.com 
Gas dropped 16% today, but gas prices are still much higher than we've known in previous years. The drop in tariffs follows a review by the energy regulator Cura, and prices now sit at 13.98p per unit. Managing Director of Isle of Man Energy is Aidan Baglow. Well, the tariff review has taken place as uh, part of the regulatory process which Cura manage. Uh, we've been working closely with them. There's two scheduled reviews per year under the existing regulatory agreement, or either party can request a review if any of the key inputs change. And in this case, there's a reduction in forward commodity prices. So what we're actually seeing is the regulated process in action. It's something that we welcome. Um, as you mentioned before, obviously it gives customers confidence that we're prices as fair and transparent. And that regulatory process is ongoing and will continue throughout the year. We're very happy to be able to be in a position where we can uh, reduce prices. You know, it's going to be a 60 percent reduction that's on the back of the 24.9 percent reduction that took place back in November last year so this equates to around about 2.6 pence per unit or for a typical central heating customer burning 10,000 kilowatts a year around about a 260 pounds a year reduction in their energy costs which is great news particularly as we're still in the middle of the winter heating periods. The drop isn't quite what the rise was do we know why that is? Yeah there's a number of factors really what we're seeing is a gradual fall in commodity rates some of which is an increase in European storage caused by the milder winter some of which is increasing in sort of liquid natural gas discharge capacity across Europe which has had an impact on commodity prices. However wholesale prices are still around about five or six times, sometimes seven times higher than we normally experience in the marketplace and there's still a lot of volatility in that market but what I can say is there is further regulatory reviews planned for the year and if there are any further significant changes to tariffs and commodity prices this would trigger a further tariff and again, we'd welcome that because we want to see prices come down for our customers. 24 minutes now before six on update. Ben McCree's just entered the bay at the moment. She'll be in the inner harbour in the next 10 minutes. A meeting's taking place tonight in a bid to keep the Solby Claddock campsite open during the coming season. Well, open overnight. The government which runs the facility recently announced it will be closed this year so a condemned toilet block is demolished and consultation carried out. The gathering's at the Solby Glen Hotel beginning at six o'clock tonight as the landlord of the nearby Ginger Hall Ben Sowery. I've made contact and, and not got very far so far. That doesn't surprise me particularly. Not really had any answers. We had this public meeting on Wednesday, which is going to be held at the Sulby Glen Hotel. That we're, I mean, it's more a chance to for everyone to come and have their voices heard. I'm imagining it's going to be quite a one-sided debate. There's not going to be too much opposition. Uh, I'm guessing, Ben, that you've invited those responsible. And have you had a reply? Will they be there? We've, I mean, we've invited the local MHKs. Uh, I believe we've had kind of loose commitment that they'll be there. I mean, really hopeful that there'll be somebody there um, because we obviously want someone to carry this, carry the views uh, that everyone's put forward in the petitions and whatnot back to the House of Keys, back to Timwald. But even that, you know, it's too, it's going to be too long. It's going to be, before we know it, it's going to be Easter and then it's pointless. Nobody will be able to, to get down there and petition. TT. It needs to happen quickly. Obviously, you want the Sulby Claddocks reinstated as a camping site, but what do you hope that Wednesday will achieve? Well, I think it will be an opportunity for everyone to come together and have their voices heard, make a big noise, which will hopefully be taken back uh, to uh, whichever sort of area of government made this poor decision in the first place and uh, some kind of solution. I appreciate it will be a short-term solution, but whatever needs to happen for the campsite to open uh, this season, it just has to happen.
happen, I think. I mean, it can't be. It's an absolute catastrophe to just leave it as is and uh, screw over these local businesses. Myself, Sulby Glen, and also Victory Cafe uh, up at the mountain, they'll suffer um, over TT big time. Update. Brought to you by Simcox Advocates. The sex education curriculum continues to face backlash over claims of inappropriate lesson material at QE2, which has been widely reported across social media. The school's head, Charlotte Clark, wrote to parents yesterday saying she's confident there is false and inaccurate information being shared. However, an external inquiry is to begin. Jason Morehouse, MHK, questioned the Education Minister, Julie Edge, on the subject in the House of Keys. appears to be a cause for concern, and if there wasn't, I'm sure the education department and um, the school be given us a clarity at this point, but they're not. They're kind of pushing it towards an independent review, which looks expensive and time-consuming. This has been going on since September. It seems a long time for it to actually come out. That's it, and it was accepted by the Minister of the Department in September 2022, which is weeks away yeah so quite concerning definitely especially when we've actually got a gap and we don't know what's been taught in its place presumably nothing in some schools so we will appoint hopefully later today an, an external investigator they'll have a terms of reference and they will come back with a report well it's been taught in a school uh, on the island in qe2 so um, but until this review and independent investigation is carried out i'm not prepared to say anymore so you can't say it does complain because one of your colleagues has says he's seen it and it does contain what's been contained in social media and complained about. It's age-appropriate advisory curriculum. So certain aspects would apply to certain children as they get older? That's correct. So it does contain what has been claimed on social media? I, I can't comment on that because I haven't seen the full curriculum. That it's all been paused at this present time, so the, there's no um, delivery of this in our schools and that's the right it's way forward. It's been paused, but there must be something so, or is there no RSE being taught at all? No, because obviously a PhD HSE lesson covers many topics, so um, this has been paused. Plans have been unveiled for a significant residential development on the outskirts of Ramsey. The company behind the proposals is Hartford Homes and has given notice of a public consultation taking place at Ramsey Town Hall on Tuesday 7th of March between 4 and 8pm. More details from Simon Richardson. The proposed development would be located at the Vollen adjacent to Bride Road in North Ramsey. The site's earmarked for development on the existing area plan which dates back to 1998. No formal planning application has yet been lodged by the company, but a site drawing shows a substantial mixed housing development with allocated space for community facilities, including a children's play area and a possible future school. Hartford Homes says everybody is welcome to go along to the meeting next Tuesday to find out more about the proposals. Meanwhile, the company's plans for a large residential development on the edge of Douglas have been revised. A proposed 68-bed retirement home has been removed from the scheme. Hartford has proposals for up to 320 homes on land to the west of Douglas Rugby Club. The plans include the provision of a nursery and what's termed as a neighbourhood centre. Sea Watch with the Isle of Man Steam Packet Company. The motorship Ben McCree departed Hesham at eight minutes past two. She's uh, just coming into the inner harbour at the moment. We'll be on the link span in the next 10, 15 minutes. Departing this evening at 7.45, arriving in Hesham at half past 11. The overnight departure at 2.15, back to Douglas tomorrow morning at six o'clock. And the morning departure, Ben McCree heads for Hesham at 8.45. Like the Steam Packet on Facebook for the latest sailing information. 
Former health and social care minister Rob Callister, MHK, has been told he must apologise for his inappropriate conduct following a report from the Timwell Standards and Members Interest Committee into his dismissal in November last year. Mr Callister has refuted the findings. Here's another look at it with Rhianne Evans. The Timwell Standards and Members Interest Committee has concluded its investigation into matters relating to the dismissal of Rob Callister as Minister for Health and Social Care. The report is quite light in detail with much of the evidence remaining hidden from the public gaze. It does somewhat surprisingly include a full transcript of Mr Callister's appearance on the Manning Line on the 12th of December last year, but is rather lacking in detail regarding the key findings of the committee. The committee's report contains none of the evidence relating to the serious finding of the committee that Mr Callister acted dishonestly and made comments which undermined the right to dignity at work of the civil servants hearing those comments. What is clear from the report is that there was a breakdown in relations between Mr Callister and department members Tanya August Hansen, Michelle Haywood and Joni Farragher. This ultimately led the Chief Minister to lose confidence in Mr Callister and sack him. Mr Callister continues to protest his innocence, but if Timwald accepts the committee's report, Mr Callister will be required to make an apology to Timwald. The whole situation appears to have been a bit of a storm in a teacup and certainly demonstrates a significant strengthening in standards from previous Timwalds. Rob Callister is the biggest loser with his honesty being found wanting. This is though a matter which could continue to rumble on in the coming months. Manx Radio Business Briefing. At 16 minutes before six, Persimmon warned on profits today after the house builder in the UK was knocked by the spike in mortgage rates. The FTSE 250 firm said it had delivered a very strong performance in 2022 with 14,868 new home completions compared to 14,500 51 a year previous. The new UK home average selling price rose to £248,616 from £237,078, while total group revenues rose 6% to £3.82 billion. And for a full daily market report, go to ramseycrookall.com. The European Commission's dropped part of its antitrust charges against Apple regarding App Store rules for music streaming services in the EU. The EU's Executive Competition Department said Apple did breach antitrust laws by preventing rival music firms like Spotify from informing iOS users of ways to subscribe to their services. However, it removed additional charges for imposing its own in-app purchase payment technology on music streaming app developers. Apple could face a fine of 37.13 billion euros if found guilty. The antitrust investigation was opened after the Swedish music streaming giant Spotify complained about Apple's license agreements in 2019. The Stock Market Report. Brought to you by Ramsey Crookall. UK and European markets closed lower after data showed an increase in German harmonised inflation in February. US stocks fell, oil paired losses, and gold prices gained a percent as strong Chinese economic data dented the dollar. The numbers now from Ramsey Crookall. At the close in London, the FTSE 100 uh, up half a percent at 7,914. The DAX in Frankfurt uh, down four tenths of a percent at 15,305. A short time ago in New York, 
York City. The Dow Jones Industrial was up a quarter of a percent, 32,739. The Nasdaq Tech Stocks Index down three-tenths of a percent to 11,425. And the S&P 500 in Chicago down just over a tenth of a percent at 33,964. In the exchange markets, the British pound sterling trading at one US dollar, 20.3 cents, one euro, 12.7 cents, and 21 South African rand, 77.8 cents. In commodities, gold's up eight-tenths of a percent currently at $1,841 per troy ounce, and a barrel of Brent crude up half a percent at $83.50. The world was a very different place when Ramsey Crookall set up business back in 1946. But his passion for providing outstanding service and looking after every client as if they were one of the family has endured for over 76 years. So if you're looking for the continuity of a personal, bespoke investment strategy, perhaps it's time to look at our discretionary services. Trustworthy, dependable and tailored. Ramsey Crookle, the island's investment specialist. Call 717171 or visit ramseycrookle.com. Licensed and regulated by the Isle of Man Financial Services Authority. Update. Brought to you by Simcox Advocates. The RAF says it's keen to strengthen its ties with the Isle of Man and raise awareness of the work it does. Members of the RAF met Manx politicians this week to discuss the matter. They were squadron leader Jonathan Worthington and wing commander Christopher Pote. What we've really had our eyes open to here is the rich history of this island's links to defence and to the Royal Air Force. And it's uh, quite humbling. I think we'd all benefit from having greater connections between us and the people of this island with more regular and routine visits and perhaps making more of some of the opportunities that we know we have with landaways or with uh, navigational training and other things where we could perhaps with a few tweaks of our program and our activities do something more to create awareness for, for, for everyone's benefit visiting military aircraft. We do sometimes see them coming into Ronald's Way. What are the purposes of these flights? We conduct lots of our training in the uh, local area around our air valley, but in order to fully train a, a, a professional pilot, it's important to go further afield, to fly into busy civil airports, and to go for different types of operations. So not only will we chase the good weather here, but we'll also chase the different training opportunities, be that instrument approaches, learning how to fly in poor weather into Ronald's Way, or indeed to use the wider airspace around the island. What reassurance can you give that flights in Manx airspace are used for the benefit of the defence of of Great Britain and the Isle of Man and that they're not being used to train others? The pilots trained at uh, RF Valley uh, go to uh, one of two aircraft types. They go to the uh, Lockheed F-35 Lightning and to the uh, Typhoon. The Typhoon um, is the quick reaction alert aircraft for uh, British Isles airspace based in two places in the British Isles Coningsby in Lincolnshire and Lossiemouth up in Scotland. We also uh, hold uh, quick reaction alert in the Falkland Islands for the third location. We have trained uh, Qatari students students in the past. In fact, we uh, trained uh, Qatari students who flew in support of the World Cup very recently as well. Manx Radio Sport. Fast am I, Rob Pritchard. Fast am I. Good evening. Starting this evening with TT News and racer Davo Johnson has confirmed who he'll ride for at the 2023 Isle of Man TT races. The 40-year-old has announced he'll compete for the C&L Fairburn Properties by Jackson Racing Outfit, running two Honda machines on the Snaefell Mountain course. For the Superbike and Super Stock classes, he'll utilise a Honda Fireblade, whilst he'll contest the Supersport category on a CBR 600. It'll be Johnson's first TT in four years as he was forced to withdraw from 
last year's event after suffering a fractured pelvis and collarbone several weeks before at Alton Park. Back in 2019, the Australian took his only TT podium to date in the Superstock race for the official Honda Racing UK team. Later that year, he found success again on Ireland by taking victory in the Manx Grand Prix Classic Superbike race. Johnson made his return after injury to Isle of Man Racing in that same race, this time in August last year, claiming a third-place finish. Sticking with TT and young rider George Halliday will make his TT race's debut later this year. The 20-year-old Glen May competitor, originally from Nottingham, will compete in the two Supersport races on the Snaefell Mountain Course in 2023 on the Stanford Halliday Racing Yamaha YZF R6. Starting his career in the Aprilia Super Team Championship, Halliday has shown progress since switching to the 600cc category and he claimed victory in the Thundersport Pre-National 600cc Championship. He'll also follow in the footsteps of his father and former sidecar TT competitor Mark. And finally, in snooker, Jacksons have cut Q-Zone Blinders' lead at the top of the Max Builders Merchant Snooker League to four points following the latest round of fixtures. Jacksons took a narrow 3-2 win away at Port St Mary Legion, whilst Blinders narrowly lost by the same scoreline away at Maloo. Elsewhere, Peel Legion were convincing 4-1 winners away at Q-Zone Masters, whilst there were also victories this week for St Olav's, Finchill Rockets and Finchill Musicians. As a result, Blinders still lead the standings on 57 points, with Jacksons closing them down on 53, but snapping at their heels are the Hurricanes on 52 points in third. Manx Radio Travel, driven by Keyside Tyres and Service Centre. In Mandra, Ronalds, where everything's fine. The 5 to 7 EasyJet from Manchester on time. The half past 7 EasyJet from Gatwick. The 5 to 8 Logan Air, returning patient transfer plane from Liverpool. And the 5 past 8 Logan Air from London City, all on time. Outbound the 6 o'clock Logan Air to Liverpool. 7.25 EasyJet to Manchester. And 8 o'clock back to London, Gatwick. On the roads, Castle Street, one way northbound in Castletown. Temporary closures around East Key and the Prom in Peel, and between Peel and St John's, 24-hour temporary lights on the main road for work on the pavement. Camels Lane Ramsey is closed between Parliament Street and Water Street for scaffolding work. You've got temporary lights on Marketplace in Ramsey for that new pedestrian crossing. And in Sandygate, temporary lights on the Jerby Road for water main installation. The Coast Road's closed between Jerby and the Len for resurfacing. Ballymena Road has uh, phased closures for water main replacements and a series of temporary closures on Regaby West Road for that water main replacement. In Pull Rose, junction of Pull Rose Road and Alder Road by the Methodist Church is closed for that new pedestrian crossing. In Douglas, Victoria Road's closed between Broadway and Marathon Road for resurfacing. Narrow lanes and a temporary crossing still on Victoria Street for that new crossing. And 24-hour temporary lights on Annika Lane near the Heron for a new pedestrian crossing. In uh, Braddon, temporary lights on Balla Oates Road near Union Mills Football Club for water main work. In Greber, temporary 24-hour lights on uh, around by Greber Castle for resurfacing. And temporary lights on the main road in Balla Beg near Arbury Parish Hall for that at New Zebra Crossing. Massimo Tyres. Budget tyres priced to keep your vehicle safe and legal. Only available at... The Isle of Man in 30 Minutes. Update on Manx Radio with Andy Wind. Well, the future of Solby Claddock's being discussed at that meeting, starting in about seven minutes' time at the Solby Glen. However, Lazare commissioners have ruled themselves out of running the campsite. Governments closed the site for overnight camping. Our local democracy reporter, Emma Draper. Lazare commissioners says it was consulted by DEFA for the ownership of the Claddocks. However, it says the burden of maintaining something for the whole island was too much. 
the local authority would support the campsite staying open for the rest of the year and remain a public space. In the future, the commissioners say it should be closed in the evening to stop overnight camping, but it should stay open to the public and have facilities for residents and bikers to go to the toilet and fill up water bottles. In a statement, the local authority says, We no doubt have happy memories of the Claddock during big events such as the TT, and we do have sympathy for the Sulby Glen and Ginger Hall. We would maybe suggest DEFA delay a closure of the Claddock for TT and Manx Grand Prix for 2023 to then really understand what value the visitor trade has while the TT runs. It continued, It would be more prudent to keep the Claddocks open this year as it is too late for other private campsites or local clubs to step in and gain necessary permissions to have camping facilities this year. Update brought to you by Simcox Advocates, advising businesses and families since 1949. Visit simcox.com or call 690 300. Chances to see the Northern Lights on the Isle of Man may have dwindled, but you still have the chance to look out for a planetary conjunction that takes place between two of the brightest planets, Venus and Jupiter. The details from Howard Parkin of Astromanx. Some people may have noticed in the western sky. Um, well after sunset, uh, before about eight nine o'clock, um, two very bright stars in the sky, and the best I saw these was last Wednesday, over a week ago now, and I saw those in the sky, and they were really quite prominent. Very very lovely clear night, and you got these two very bright objects in the sky. The lower one is the planet Venus, the higher one is the planet Jupiter, and last week we had the moon, the crescent moon, right in the middle of the two of them. Well, what's happening now is Venus is getting higher, Jupiter is getting lower. So on the first of March, which is tonight, we're going to see those two very close to each other indeed roughly the width of the full moon apart from each other and then what's going to happen over the course of the next few nights you'll see the jupiter slowly gets lower venus slowly gets higher and they're going to remain in our sky for a few weeks um, until eventually the separation is such the jupiter will set um, when the sun has just gone down literally jupiter goes around the back of the sun in april but venus is going to continue getting higher and higher right through till well it's going to be visible right through to about august time so well worth looking out for that very bright star in the sky over the west is the planet Venus at the moment joined with the planet Jupiter as well. Of course they're nowhere near each other in actual distance because Venus is much much nearer to us than Jupiter is much much further away Um, but it's a spectacular sight and these two are the two brightest planets we ever get in our night skies. The other thing I would just mention while we're talking about that is if you're looking up at the sky and you see these two planets in the sky just cast your eyes overhead and you'll see a lot of bright stars these are the stars of winter which are slowly now setting in the western sky as we head towards spring but one of those and the best way I can describe it is there's two reddish coloured stars the higher of the two reddish coloured stars is in fact the planet Mars so we've actually got Mars in the sky and Jupiter and Venus so we've got a real feast of planets at the moment that's it for update tonight compiled from the resources of Manx Radio's news department thanks to newsreader Simon Richardson producer Rhianne Evans W-I-N-T